Before we start the show this week, I want to thank our sponsors at SeatGeek. Anthony and I love this app. Behind MLB at Bat, it's probably the most used app on my phone. I, I go to 50 plus ball games every summer and almost every ticket I buy is through the SeatGeek app. I've been using it long before they started sponsoring us. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's basically a ticket aggregator for the secondary market. It ranks via a color-coded system which seats have the best value across multiple ticket brokers. You can get views from the seats and you can compare prices. So like if someone is selling their ticket for 100 bucks in row five, you can see if someone from a different site is selling their seat for, I don't know, 90 bucks in row four. Even if I'm not going to a game, honestly, I'll sometimes just pop open the app and check it out just so I can see what ticket prices are going for across the country. Just trust me on this one. Download the app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Use the code clubhouse and receive a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase. Our show is always going to be free for you guys. We really would just appreciate it if you could support our sponsors a little bit. And it's just going to make your lives easier. On to the show. This week on the Clubhouse, our stadium series continues north of the border as we discuss the only international ballpark left in the big leagues, the Rogers Center, home of the Toronto Blue Jays. While Anthony has been touring the country with his hit Broadway musical If Then this past year, we've been dedicating one episode to every team and discussing why we think you should visit each and every one of their home ballparks. We're also including episodes from my Rounding Third podcast, which features interviews with fans I met as I made my 17,000-mile drive across the country to attend a ball game at all 30 baseball stadiums. There are also some truly amazing guests that we have lined up for our regular episodes that we'll be dropping every couple of weeks or so, so make sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes for free so that you never miss one of our wonderful guests. This episode was recorded in the Oakwood Apartments in Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. My name is Manish Jain, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. Yeah. <laughs> Today, on a very special stadium series, we're almost done. We are almost done with the stadiums. We have broken down almost every single ballpark in the country. We have but two remaining. You're welcome. <laughs> we have but two remaining, and today, we are crossing the border. Today, we are doing the only only international ballpark left in Major League Baseball. You actually need a passport to get to this baseball stadium if you don't live in their country. Their country. <laughs> the home their of the country. Toronto Blue Jays. Yes. One of the Rogers Center. Centre. Okay, so first off, I <laughs> love the Blue Jays swag. I love their logo. I love uh, love their logo. And the the Rogers Center is not an attractive place. Nope. But the concourse is great. And like their store, the the concourse is really nice. What did you like about the concourse? That is an really, interesting. It was just really, really. I don't know what it is. It's just really pleasant. And you know, I I've worked in Canada a lot. I have spent months there over my life. I've always had good experiences with people in Canada, so I have a predisposition to be pretty like, oh, I'm happy I'm in Canada. Um, the people in the stores were really nice. The people behind the counters of the food were really nice. Their swag, I love their lo their current logo, mm -hmm. and and they've you know. That that was really cool, and they had a pretty good video board. But the the it's a it's an ugly stadium. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's ugly. And they have the hotel weird. We saw a domed night. Um, we had fun with the fans that we were sitting with. Yeah, the bros. I love the bros. Um, and we saw King Felix pitch, oh, and that always man, makes man. me happy because he's one of my favorite people in on the world in the world. <laughs> Um, on the world, uh, on, on living the on this planet, <laughs> uh, and especially when he pitches. I mean, I don't know him personally at all. Um, he's he's an amazing pitcher to watch, and he pitched a hell of a ball game that night. Um, so it was a. I mean, I had a perfectly good time watching the game, but it's really not a pleasant place. 
it's, it's really... and you're gonna hear me rant about this in the in the rounding third segment so i'll keep my my comments about this particularly short but it do you just not want to honor the fact that you have a baseball team toronto because when you go to that stadium there's one statue and that's of ted rogers yeah you know that's lovely uh there's a couple of banners but there's not really i don't see one mention of joe carter anywhere I don't see anything about the 92, 93 series aside from, you know, the little pennants hanging. Like there's no, there's no artwork. There's no statues. There's no history. There's nothing. It's, it's, if there wasn't a baseball diamond carved into the center of that, that building, I would not have known that baseball even existed in this footprint. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's weird. I, is it true that they're going to, they're talking about, they're going to have grass it's happening now? Yeah. They, they will be having grass inside that stadium. Thank God. Because 2016? We, uh, no, I think right now they're just doing dirt and then grass. It's, it's two, it's two years. Like it's, it's going to be a step-by-step process basically because it takes time, time to grow up. Yeah. They have sure. to grow all of it. Um, but when we were there, there was a young girl who, uh, was a bit of a rent fan. And mm-hmm. so was, was very, very excited to see you. And we were able to kind of walk down after the game towards the field and get a really good up close look at the AstroTurf and whatnot. And I think you were, maybe, you, I, I think it was you who was mentioning like the, the, the black kind of, yeah, uh, that, like weird little plastic things that, 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 that bounce out of the, out of the ground once the ball hits it and whatnot, which I, I mean, I don't know if that's supposed to simulate dirt. I don't I know. I feel like it must, uh, slow the trajectory of the grass off of the plastic a little bit maybe you know cuz there's yeah. grit uh, yeah 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 it yeah. must change some of the di- the speed yeah it's just it's uh, astroturf is the worst invention the worst. ever yeah. created I agree. I agree um but yeah i mean they got a great steak sandwich there that i or uh, that i've had a couple times now that i've gone which i know you didn't partake in no nope, didn't eat uh, the steak sandwich because uh, you know we've been friends for a while now i'm sure the listeners remember i don't eat meat manish thanks <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of the steak sandwich I didn't eat. I don't well, eat meat. I just want to let our real American fans know oh, that. that uh... What about the Canadian fans? There might be Canadian fans. Yeah, they, oh, they eat meat too. Canadian you, bacon, so you've Canadian ham, veg- all that you've stuff. You've all the vegetarians, and you've now you've alienated all of our Canadian <laughs> Well, in Toronto, uh, we did meet some great fans there. And I will say, though, that, and this is something where, where you and I are, are at odds about. This is less about the team and more about the fan base. And actually, not about the fan base. It's just about Canadians in general. I love you, Canada. I think Canada's great. I think there's a lot of wonderful people there. I am planting my flag in the, let's stop with the narrative that the Canadians are the nicest people on the planet. I'm not saying they're the nicest people on the planet. That's the gimmick. That's the gimmick. You know what nice people don't do? They don't tell you that they're the nicest people on the planet. And the amount of Canadians that I've heard tell me, oh, we're just nicer than Americans. You know what? No, you're not. You don't say that if you're actually nice. And what happened? Well, I had this rant off the air with Anthony and the car ride to Toronto. And I said, just watch. Watch what's going to happen as soon as they see any Detroit merchandise on me was and what happened once there was any detroit stuff on me at all i don't remember manish i wasn't paying attention to the way you're paying attention to it oh, i just got a better memory than you i guess every the the bros the awesome great bros that that were sitting behind us that were fun like i, I genuinely did enjoy chatting with them and talking with them um immediately immediately started trashing on detroit and not the team and not the city, the, yeah, the city. The city. immediately started just you got a chip on your shoulder i understand you have a chip on your shoulder i understand it's not a chip on my shoulder it's just it's and when and, and in the uh, rounding third episode of this podcast that you'll be hearing in a bit uh, i interviewed a couple of young kids it was very adorable there were a couple of young kids like 18 19 year old kids who they'd won these tickets through like a radio contest or something like that and it was both of their first baseball games oh, ever cool. and she was a very strong-willed person who had a lot of very very big ideas about why sports is not great about the money and about the machismo aspect of it. But over the course of the game, she really started enjoying it. It was really kind of cool to see her become kind of a baseball fan by the end of it. Uh, But I'm not sure if it was in the rounding third episode of the podcast, so I'll say it now. That game also that I went to, not only did they start trashing on on, um, Detroit, but they all, like, there was, like, this undercurrent of that Canadians were just better than Americans. <laughs> it was like, this is fascinating to me. I don't care. Like I said, it's it's all subjective nonsense as far as I'm concerned. But I just love how that's the narrative. The narrative is that they always say sorry and they're always so nice and polite and blah, 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 blah. No. I'm just saying I've had very, very pleasant working experiences in Canada several I'm sure. times. 
That's all I'm saying. I like Canada. I think Toronto is gorgeous. Uh, we stayed with your awesome, amazingly cool friends yep. in in uh, Canada, and they had a great apartment there. And I I I love the I love the Sky Dome. I uh, oh, not Sky Sky Dome. Good lord, the the uh, not the Space Needle. Oh my god. The their giant the, uh, awesome. the CN, Tower. CN Tower. Oh my goodness! Uh, this it's we've recorded a lot of these in a row. <laughs> my brain is mush. Uh, the That's CN Tower. Your excuse? It is my excuse. The CN Tower. What about the other three hundred sixty-four days of the year when I'm spending time with you. Oh boy. <sighs> the CN Tower is great because you can go up there and you can look into the ballpark and it's really kind of cool up there. Um, so actually, I, I do love Toronto, and and I do love a lot of the people there. I just I I'd like to I'm planting my flag in there. You ain't the nicest people on the planet. You're oh. nice, but you ain't the nicest. Great. I'm glad that you're arguing against people being perceived as being nice. <laughs> that is a worthy <laughs> cause <laughs> to disabuse us of the notion. Never that said Canadian I wasn't petty. People are polite. <laughs> Jeez. So, um, the only other thing I want to say is that I'm really happy that. The, you know, the Blue Jays have been threatening for a while. Yeah. And I know this is like timely com- part of the conversation, but I'm really happy that in 2015 that they broke through. You know, it's just it, that there's some that there's some shakeup in that old ALE stranglehold. 100% of, of yes. Big teams, you know, and uh, for, I, for any team in a division like that to be able to claw their way through, you know, like the Rays have done, you know, whenever that happens. Um, the Orioles have done, you know, absolutely. Like that, when it's not the Yankees, the Red Sox. I mean, it's yeah. it's always, especially the last 15, 20 years here, Yankees, Red Sox, Yankees, Red Sox, Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah. And that's great. And that's, you know, no disrespect to those two franchises, those two teams. But it is kind of like, yeah, we'd like a little bit new. And look, bottom line is, I'll say this. Uh, when I went down to spring training in 2013, uh, I went to Dunedin, which is, uh, I went to a bunch of different of uh, the spring training ballparks, and Dunedin was one of them, where the Blue Jays have their spring training home. And I adored the fans that I met there. Like I loved the guys, the, the ladies and, and gentlemen who uh, traveled all the way down from not just Toronto, but all over Canada to come and, and uh, hang out there because... That's it. They're, they're they are their national team now. And when we were when we were in uh, Kansas City, the, they were playing the Blue Jays. And there were a bunch of yeah. Bunch so of I I do genuinely like all joking aside about about uh, my own personal vendetta against them. I think that Canada deserves so many more teams. I want I want Montreal to have a team. I want Vancouver to have a team. I think Canada is a phenomenal baseball country. I think it's an underrated baseball country. I think people love to tag them with the hockey thing, which obviously hockey is their, sure. their national sport. And no disrespect, I, I'm from hockey town, so I get it. Hockey's great, but you know, they have some amazing baseball fans in Canada. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's funny the for such a great season that the Blue Jays had that. Both the games that we saw them play, they lost. Yeah, well, 162 of them. Yeah. Every team's going to win 54, lose 54. It's true. It's what you do with the other 54 that counts. It's true. But, uh, you know, I think that they just need to do a little bit more of... I mean, maybe they will now. I said maybe that they're doing better. Maybe they'll they'll hopefully throw some some. Just give me a picture of Joe Carter. <laughs> give me something. Give me just you know even if it's like a Polaroid, just something on a wall that says, "Hey, remember when back. we won back to back and touch them all, Joe? You'll never hit a bigger home run. That's one of the best calls in all the sports. Him running on the bases, jumping his you know with his arms in the air. It's just it's yeah. I mean, pretend like you care a little bit." owners yeah you know it's it's because i need the fans i talked to so many of the fans there and they agreed with me they're like yeah, yeah we don't understand why it is either yeah. we would love to have some more yeah. it's just it's i don't know they just decided i know i mean they very very good video footage yes yes really, yes yes really, yes, yes, really yes, well yes. put well cut together like highlight reels and things like that that that's one of my other big memories of of roger center yeah but all right so i think that's gonna wrap it up for for this episode of uh, the clubhouse podcast uh, although you do have a great interview to listen to on my rounding third segment coming up so uh thank you guys so much for listening go back and listen to our our uh Blue Jays episode from this point, well, much more than a year ago at this point now. Um, but when we actually went to Rogers Center, so you can hear more, more detailed views on that ballpark. But uh, thank you so much for listening, Mr. Rap. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, do I have a choice? <laughs> You're welcome, Anish. <laughs> You're so funny. We'll see you next time here in the clubhouse. We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. 
You can follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. Visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion. So please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special. Or honestly, just if you want to say hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, please take a look at our archives, like our chat with Tony Award-winning composer Tom Kitt. In this clip, Tom reveals that his father was actually a minor league pitcher with the Yankees. My father uh, is a former professional baseball player. My father actually was drafted by the Yankees. My father has a lot of expertise and often will expound his, uh, his <laughs> wisdom for the for the game. But um, yes, but those are the kinds of conversations. And you know, if a guy's, if, if my dad, my dad was a left-handed pitcher and threw in the in the upper nineties, and he was a starter. But if he's going and he's feeling good, let the guy throw. Absolutely. You know, because at the end of the day, your best pitcher, righty lefty, is going to be a better matchup than a weaker guy. Who, who, who might have a, a curveball advantage, you know. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jain. Today's episode, the Toronto Blue Jays and their Rogers Center. The Jays have the distinction of being the only Major League Baseball team who play their home games on international soil. Maybe that'll change one day. Maybe Montreal will get a team back. Maybe Vancouver will get a team Who knows, with the success of the World Baseball Classic, maybe we expand globally and put teams in Mexico and in Puerto Rico and Cuba and Japan and just have an international league of Major League Baseball. I don't really see that happening. So for now, Toronto, you are carrying the torch for the rest of the world. I used to live in Detroit, Michigan, and when I would get stressed out or or depressed or sad or just need to clear my head, I would oftentimes cross the border and go have dinner in Canada and just drive around for an hour or two aimlessly with really no place in particular to go, but just to, just to drive and enjoy the Canadian crisp air. I did it so often that you know crossing back, back and forth between the border became pretty easy for me in a, in a pretty quick and painless act. That was, however, (laughs) when I only had myself and nothing else really in the car with me. This time, however, I had my entire life in the (laughs) backseat. I, honest to God, had completely forgotten about how much stuff, how I had suitcases packed and bags of of baseball bats and balls and just uh, coolers full of fruit and water bottles. It looked like, I mean, it looks like I'm living out of my car. It looks like what it is. I am living out of my car. I, for whatever reason, been doing it for three months and it must have slipped my mind. So as I'm sitting in the border patrol line patiently for about a half hour, 45 minutes, really not too long, I get to the, I get to the front and the patrol uh, agent just kind of looks at me quizzically and says, I'm sorry, what why is all your stuff in the car? And I say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing this 30 stadium tour and I'm heading up to uh, see your lovely stadium in Toronto. And uh, apparently this agent was not a baseball fan because <laughs> she just looked at me and said, I, I, I don't understand what you're doing. And I was going to have to pull over and get out of my car and go inside and answer a few questions, which I was happy to do. Once I got inside the immigration offices, <laughs> they asked me once again what I was doing, and I told them once again, I'm, I'm doing this 30-stadium tour, and I'm visiting all the ballparks, and Toronto is next on my list. This time, I was greeted by a whole list of baseball questions. You know, what's your favorite team? What's your favorite player? And I thought, oh, great, I found a baseball fan. You know, let's, let's chat back and forth. We'll get into it a little bit, and then I'll be on my way, and it'll be smooth. And as I was answering these questions, I realized, oh, I'm an idiot. They're asking me questions to see if I'm actually a baseball fan, which I was like, oh, these, these are really basic, simple questions that even the most basic of baseball fan would answer. But 
Luckily, they did not keep me very long, and I proved my my baseball nerddom, and I proved that, yes, I am, in fact, coming to your country with my entire life in the backseat exclusively to go see a baseball game, and I'll be turning back around and driving to Boston right after that. So everything went well. The Rogers Center was really never high on my list of stadiums that I wanted to visit or anticipated visiting. I mean, like I said, I lived in Detroit for years, and I never made it all the way up there to catch a game. Maybe it's because of the AstroTurf. Maybe it's because of the Dome. I'm not quite sure, but it just never really spoke to me as a stadium that, that needed to be visited. It's the last stadium on my tour that has a retractable roof. And I promise I'm not going to go into yet another retractable roof rant, but I will say that I was very anxious as I walked to the stadium that I was going to close my tour with yet another game with a roof over my head. I was staying with some family friends in Toronto, and their apartment was close enough to the stadium where I was able to walk there as opposed to drive or take a cab. And on the day of my game, halfway to the ballpark, it started to drizzle. So, of course, I start to panic a little bit and start praying to the baseball gods, please, 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 I've got two more games left, this one in Boston. If you could just move the rain just one day, please, I, I would love to catch this game with the sky over my head. I get to the stadium and I stand in line and lo and behold, the roof is closed. I look up, the roof is closed. It's, it's starting to rain a little bit harder and I resign myself to my fate. I say, all right, that's fine. I'm sure there's going to be other aspects of the stadium that I can enjoy. The Rogers Center is one of the few stadiums left that is multi-purpose. There's football played there. There's soccer played there. There's baseball played there. It's a stadium that welcomes everybody. Now, the problem with that is when you have so many different sports occupying your space, it's hard to really represent anyone in particular. It's hard to honor anyone in particular. At the Coliseum in Oakland, they've done a pretty decent job of representing and, and honoring former A's greats and Raiders greats alike. They've got plaques on the wall. They've got pictures, et cetera, et cetera. They have, they have some sort of reference to their sports lineage. At the Rogers Center, you are first greeted by a statue from Ted Rogers, the former owner of the Toronto Blue Jays before he passed away, and the current namesake of the Rogers Center. And that's it. <laughs> There's one statue to Ted Rogers, and I couldn't find anything else. I couldn't find any murals or articles on the wall or bats or balls or World Series trophies. It's like 1992 and 1993 didn't even happen. I saw no references to Joe Carter. I really didn't see anything that said Toronto Blue Jays. As I walked around the stadium, it just, it felt like a shell. It felt like a rental complex. Like, all right, here we have this giant space, so we'll rent it out for your little baseball games, your football games, your soccer games. But then as soon as your game is done, pack your stuff up and get out and leave so the next person can come in. It was like a reception hall. There was no pride in their teams. And that's a shame because I've met some, some awesome, uh, what are they, Torontonians? Someone will correct me out there. People from Toronto who absolutely love their baseball team. I met people from all over Canada who drive hours, seven, eight, nine hours. Because essentially the Blue Jays are Canada's national team at this point. Yes, the people out in Vancouver, you've got a lot of Mariners fans, and you may have some Yankees fans and Red Sox fans sprinkle all around, but the Toronto Blue Jays are Canada's team. And I met some amazing fans that absolutely deserve better. They deserve a stadium that can represent them. Because, yes, we all know that, that Canada's national sport is hockey, and baseball is never going to be as biggest hockey up in Canada. And that's fine. It doesn't have to be. No one's asking it to be. Baseball is no longer the number one sport in America either. It hasn't been for some time now. It doesn't stop people like myself from still loving it passionately. 
And so for the people like me who live up in Canada, who are just as passionate about the game, if not more, they deserve better. There's a lot that I like about the Rogers Center, but I'm never a fan of a franchise that doesn't seem interested in honoring its legacy and remembering its past. So I'm not sure what the reasons are. I'm not sure if there is some sort of deal with uh, the current owners of the Rogers Center that says you can't have any type of memorabilia because we have different teams coming in. I don't know if there's, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what the, what the rules are, but the bottom line is if they're not going to let you put your stuff up on the walls, maybe it's time to go and get a new house. And maybe this time get a house that's got some natural grass because I'm looking at you, Tampa and Toronto. Let's get it together. Enough of this AstroTurf nonsense. The only thing that irks me more than watching a ball game with the roof over my head is having to watch professional ball players navigate how the ball is going to come at them from AstroTurf. Watching visiting teams come in and try to take infield practice and figure out how this ball is going to skid or or bounce or, or move faster or it's just it's there's no reason for AstroTurf in 2013. But that's enough negativity for me. I want to say something that I absolutely loved about the Rogers Center, and that is their new installation of their three-tiered Windows concourse, which took the place of the Windows restaurant that was formerly in center field. The standing room-only section that they now have in center field are absolutely tremendous. There were many points during the game where I wanted to get up and, and go walk towards the standing room and just catch a couple of innings from there. Now, the reason I didn't, we're going to get to a little bit later. The reason I didn't is because of who I was sitting next to during this game. I have a really fun interview to play for you a little bit later with a young girl and her boyfriend who were sitting next to me. And these were a couple of teenagers who this was their first ever baseball game. They were not baseball fans. They got these tickets for free. They had zero idea. They knew nothing about the game. And myself and several people in, in our section spent the entire nine innings basically teaching these young pups <laughs> a little something about the game. It was so much fun. It was so awesome to talk baseball with these two young kids who, honestly, I don't think they came to the game expecting to have a good time. I think, to be honest with you, they came expecting to maybe drink a little bit of beer or uh, eat some ice cream and then leave in the third or fourth inning. But we kept them there to the very end. And by the end of the game, we had them out of their seats yelling and cheering and screaming along with everyone else. It was, it was a lot of fun. But it was because of that that I wasn't really able to explore the stadium as much as I would have wanted to. Normally on this tour, I always like to take an inning or two and take a stroll around the ballpark trying to get different views of the, of the field and just try to get a, get a feel for where some of the best views are in the stadium and the best seats in the house may or may not be. But I didn't want to leave my seats during this game. I was having just way too much fun talking to these young kids. It reminded me that my absolute favorite thing to do in life something that I can do over and over and over again and it never gets less fun is either taking someone to their first ball game or meeting someone at the ballpark where this is their first ball game and being able to just see their reactions and live vicariously through their experiences and to be honest, just to watch the look on their faces <laughs> and their eyes get wider and wider and, and them get more and more into this game that just an hour earlier or even 15 minutes earlier, they couldn't have cared less about. A game that I'm sure they told other people, oh, baseball, that's boring and dumb and stupid. You'll hear it in the interview. The young lady that I spoke to had a very low opinion <laughs> of sports fans. She had a very specific idea of, I believe she called it a cult-like behavior. You know, she's a young kid kind of learning her way in the world and I think she sees sports fans as this collective group of alpha male idiots who, you know, without thinking, very hive-minded like, just mindlessly cheer on grown men hitting a ball with a stick with no real purpose. And while there might be some truth to that sentiment, by the end of it, she was 
a part of the hive. <laughs> she, she was cheering and yelling and screaming and, and she asked more questions than I ever could have imagined. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Sorry, I, I'm overusing the word fun, but it, that's what it was. It was really a, let's call it magical experience. <laughs> but before I play the interview that I did with these two young baseball newbies, I need to circle back around to before the game started because I didn't tell you about the best part of my experience at the Rogers Center. I got to the park early, as I've done 28 times before this one, and it was raining and the roof was closed. And I was very disappointed. When the gates opened up, I headed inside, and sure enough, the roof was still closed. About a half an hour, 45 minutes went by, and I was snapping some photos, and I was eating my pregame meal, and doing all the rituals that I've become accustomed to at this point. And about an hour before first pitch, after I downed my absolutely delicious but very, very messy top sirloin sandwich, I made my way to the restroom just to wash my hands real quick. And from the time that I walked into the bathroom to wash my hands and then left, I looked up and I see the roof is starting to open. And I make a beeline for the stands and grab my my camera so I can try and snap a couple of photos. And I look up and it is a beautifully, perfectly sunny day with not a cloud in the sky. I don't know what happened, but the baseball gods were kind to me on this day because all the rain, all the drizzling, all the clouds that were above me a short time ago had now gone away. And I was going to get to see baseball with the sky over my head. And it was just the greatest moment. (laughs) For those of you who've listened to some of my previous episodes, especially the one in Houston and Miami and basically any stadium that's got a roof or a retractable roof, I am not a fan. And when I have to watch a game with the roof over my head, I get cranky. So with only two games left, I was very happy that I was going to end this tour on a very high note. Now that that's out of the way, I can play this incredibly fun interview that I did with Vicky and her boyfriend, Josh. These two kids were in no way, shape, or form baseball fans before they showed up to this game. And I think myself and our other seatmates may have sparked a little bit of interest. And hopefully, they'll be coming back sometime soon. You're going to hear right off the bat that Vicky was playfully ribbing Josh throughout the interview and not wanting him to sound like he was a baseball fan, basically saying, look, don't pretend like you're a baseball fan because you're getting interviewed by this guy. (laughs) But uh, it was all in fun and we were all having a good time. So with that being said, I'll see you on the other side where we'll talk a little bit more about the Rogers Center. There's a lot more that I want to touch on. But for now, please enjoy. So I am standing inside of the beautiful Rogers Center after a great Jays win, and I'm with... Vicky. And Josh. Vicky and Josh. Now, these are two young teenagers that I just met. And... Excuse me? Hooligans. Yeah, a couple of hooligans because they have never been to a Major League Baseball game or... Have you been to any baseball game or is this... I've never been to a single sports show ever. (laughs) This is ludicrous. But for the entire nine innings, or you guys got here a little bit late, so for about seven innings, we were having a good time teaching you the game, and and it sounded like you were having a good time, but tell me, what did you think of your first ever experience at a baseball game? Um, It was a little bit weird because I wasn't expecting the the kind of cultish collectivism movement that goes on. It's, it's, I actually expected to kind of sit amongst strangers, it's like being at a movie theater or something, but everyone was like, just really open to talk to you and stuff. I think it was interesting because I never got to appreciate it as a sort of chess game. I used to think it was just kind of like hit or miss, but there is kind of a strategy and mathematics to it. So that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, Josh, do you? I just enjoyed the uh, friendliness of the people. Everyone was open. And like, no, it's true. And like, it's not the same. And like hockey games and stuff, everyone's always yelling a lot and stuff. But uh, this is a sports. lot more. Okay. He's a filthy uh, liar. This is a lot more open. It's nice, yeah. So. He wanted to go home and watch physics the whole time. He's no. like, can we go home and watch lectures? And I'm yeah, like, sure. no. We're... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also think it was, it's ridiculous how much money gets poured into yeah. the sport, but uh, I guess people are paying for it, so it, there is a 
you are pay you're getting what you pay for in a sense but at the same time like i think it could be well more funded in towards things like infrastructure and at least force like parts of it like portions of it should be put into more like concrete causes than just en entertainment i think sure that's fair enough i can understand that argument but just going back real quick to what you're talking yeah. about about the kind of the collectivism nature of yeah. coming to a ball game that's one thing that i actually really love about yeah. coming here is how open and friendly and how this oh, yeah. is it's it's, a, it's our own little community here that we have and you know there's a stadium in St. Louis, Missouri, in the States, and they told me when I went to visit them that every time there's a home game, that stadium is the fifth largest city in the state. They have 44,000 people that will come and sit in that stadium every time there's a home game. So it's almost like they've got their own community, their own city, yeah. and everybody interacts with each other and everybody enjoys each other's company. You were saying at hockey, there's a lot of yelling, there's a lot of screaming. You can't really take your eyes off the field. It's anger. But yeah. I was listening and you were having some great conversations with uh, some of our other seatmates about music and about just life yeah. and about politics and whatnot. And baseball kind of allows for you to sit and enjoy the game, but also meet and, 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 and talk to interesting people. I understand that people not only come here for the game now, but more so for the experience. It's kind of cool. I mean, I didn't think, first of all, I didn't think I'd have a Radiohead fan sitting in front of me. I didn't think that you guys would convince this guy to get ice cream, yeah. <laughs> and, which was great. And I didn't think I would get an education from complete strangers, which was really cool. And I didn't, I could see why people would come just for the experience alone, just kind of to, to feel connected over something. I feel like people like to bond over things because you walk by people on the street every day and they're complete and utter strangers and there's never any effort to like bridge the gap. At sports games, it's a lot easier because there's a common interest already instituted there. You're there for the game. so. It's easier. Well, and like you said, you know, one of the things you you said something perfectly that I've said many times that when you're going to a theater or a movie or a show, yeah. you just kind of sit with strangers. Sure, yeah. you you might be with thousands of people, but you're all looking at the same thing. You're not making eye contact with each other. You're not talking to each other. This even more so than football and hockey and and, and basketball. Baseball allows for you to have conversations with each other and break break through that stranger, break through that that completely. Like I said, I, I did know you, you two before coming here, and now we've had these lovely conversations, and it's nice, you know. You it's get to, just to hang out, like just to hang out and uh, chill with your friends. It's good. So I understand, you know, you're not going to go run home and watch Sports Center and watch all the I clips. I'm tempted on... to see your favorite player, though. I want to see how aggressive he is at bat, but that's. As she's talking about Miguel Cabrera, we were talking a little bit about the Triple Crown winner. Actually, tonight he hit his 43rd home run. Um, yes, it's it's he's he's quite a a, a fun player to watch, yeah. um, but. What do you think? So, do you think you're ever going to come back to a baseball game? I might just because I would come back for the experience and also because for most sports, like I enjoy watching football just because I like the breakaways, I like the excitement of it. Um, baseball never found it all that exciting, but I like the mentality of it, the fact that there's team sacrifice. Like, I feel like a lot of like basketball games, it's all like people will like willingly be selfish for their team just for the glory of he's sunk that ball and stuff like that because there's this whole commotion. With this, it's more. You want that, if it's not you, then you want someone on your team to have that glory and you're willing to put that down. So that's something I admire a bit. But I still think baseball players are kind of douchey because yeah. they're all rich pricks. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I can't argue with that. Uh, I could argue with that, but we won't get into that right <laughs> okay. now. Uh, and how about you? Do you think you'd ever come back to a game? Um, I would enjoy it. It's not really a nice place to hang out. The only problem is uh, tuition. And uh, I don't think it's uh, yeah. fourteen grand a year for his yeah. program alone. Expenses are a little bit too much for sports games, I find. But um, otherwise, it was it was a lovely time, and like I would enjoy it. He sounds this, he doesn't talk like this in real life. This is his. You know, Apparently why do you sound so formal? You're allowed to be honest here. What's no, it's all right. It's all right. This this is all a bit You're overwhelming. I just, I, I know. I just shoved a microphone in your face, and you know, this is. I understand. This is this is this. Is, you were not expecting this a couple of hours ago. So okay. Well, wrap it up with basically just this. Through your entire evening, tell me the one thing that you're going to take away from just your entire evening here. So where a couple years from now, basically one of my favorite questions to ask when I interview people is, what was your first memory inside of a ballpark? And most people will tell me when they were five or six years old or whatever, and they have that one thing that just sticks out to them, whether it be seeing how big it looked, you know, when they first walked in or, or seeing their favorite player in real life as opposed to on TV. For you guys, a little bit different. You never really watched it on TV. So in 20 years from now, what do you think the one thing that you'll say, oh man, I remember when we went to that Blue Jays game, and X happened. This is, this is, this is going to disappoint you completely, but I had my first churro. 
and they're amazing. It's like That's fried okay. sugar. It's so good. I would come here. I would pay for the overpriced food because it's so greasy goodness. It's, it's indulgence. And you know what? And I'm not gonna be disappointed because that is part of the entire experience together. Yeah. It's the food. It's the because there's other ballparks that you go to that have games that you can play. That have Ferris wheels. That have carousels. That have oh, mini golf. Ice cream. That. I had, mini helmet, yes. I had a, ice cream out of a helmet. This is the cutest freaking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. So that will be, I think that's the best spent, the, the best seven bucks I've ever spent. I could probably buy a pinch of ice cream for that, but yeah. <laughs> but you got yourself in a little mini helmet. I got 30 of them, so believe me, it, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool thing. And how about you? <laughs> It's your money, man. I mean, it's my money, but it's my experiences too. I mean, it, this is this is like I said, this has been three months of my life that I've taken out, and I want a little bit some memories, and so unforgettable. These are like souvenirs. It's awesome. Exactly. I'm mean, gonna have a nice little case for them in my house, and oh, yeah, so I'm gonna make it look oh, nice. Oh, that's so cute. Oh my god. <laughs> and how about you? The one thing you're gonna remember? Uh, it's probably the same, like the openness thing. I really like the architecture of the buildings, but I like the fact that you're right on the field when you're sitting, and like as opposed to other. Or like hockey games and stuff, which is the only the sports events I've been to. Like you're separated from the players. This year, it's like really close to them, and it's just nice. It's not. It's not as formal, right? Like it's yeah. like yeah, you're I just enjoying. I would revise to like the hotel built into the stadium where you, there are people <laughs> that, cool. that have rooms can just watch the entire game. That's awesome. That is very cool. Well, I really appreciate you guys talking to me today. Thank it's been really so much. fun. What's your name again? My name is Manish Jain. Awesome. Nice I will check out your website, roundingthird.net. There you go, and she gave me a little plug at the end of there. Thank right. you so much. Yep. There you go. <laughs> And we're back. So as you can tell, these were a couple of kids who had some very specific ideas of what they thought sports fans were all about. And I guess we may have, even just for the moment, been able to enlighten them and, and open their minds a little bit and change their, their, their minds about what baseball fans at least truly are. There were a couple things that Vicky and Josh brought up that I wanted to touch on about what is, I think, keeping non-baseball fans away from the ballpark. I haven't really touched on at all the prices at the ballpark as far as the ticket prices, the parking prices, the food, etc. just how expensive it is to go to a game. That's well-trod territory. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're a baseball fan, chances are you know how expensive it is. You don't need to hear me complain about how expensive ball games are. But I think the problem is that a lot of times we talk about the prices and how it's keeping the average fan away from the game. And that's absolutely true. The average fan cannot afford to buy tickets to many ballparks, or at least tickets anywhere close to the field. Sure, you can get the discounted seats or the, the nosebleed seats and the, the all-you-can-eat buffet seats if you spend X amount of dollars on this, that, or the other thing, whatever deals your, your home ballpark may have. But the seats that, for instance, we were sitting at here at the Rogers Center, there weren't very many average baseball fans sitting around me. There were mainly season ticket holders or corporate guys or people who had bought their tickets uh, on the secondary market. What I don't hear enough about is that the, the high ticket prices and the high food prices and just how expensive it is to go to a game, it's not keeping average people away. It's not keeping baseball fans away. It's stopping the game from growing because why on earth would someone who has no interest in baseball spend that much money on something that they don't know if they're going to like. Why on earth would... So these two young kids got these tickets for free. That's the only way that you're going to bring non-baseball fans to the ballpark if somebody else buys the tickets for them. Who knows? Maybe these two kids are going to become the world's biggest baseball fans and they're going to buy season tickets for the rest of their life. I'm not sure. Probably not. But you never know. I know that my brother-in-law, who went to his first baseball game earlier this year will absolutely be going to more in the coming seasons. So that's, that's the biggest problem right now with how expensive ticket prices are. It's not keeping the average fan away. It's not keeping the diehards away. It's not keeping all that. Look, at the end of the day, the demographics of the ballpark are getting older. I know. <laughs> I mean, if anybody else can, can challenge me on this, please, I'd be, I'd be happy to talk to you about this. But I've now seen a game at 29 stadiums out of 30. I got one more to go, and it's Fenway Park, and I'm pretty sure that the demographics of Fenway are just as old, if not older, than the rest of the stadiums. When I look around the ballpark, I don't see a lot of 
teenagers or 20-somethings or even 30-somethings, I see a lot of 50, 60, 70-plus-year-old people. If we don't figure out a way to bring newbies to the ballpark, we're going to age out of the game. Generations are going to go by and young kids aren't going to be coming out to the ballpark anymore because they can't afford it. Ball games are already looked at as an extravagance, as a special occasion, as a birthday present or a wedding gift. I've met several people, several people whose spouse bought them the ticket to the game that they were attending because it was their anniversary or birthday or some special occasion. Going to a ball game should not be a special occasion because there's something else. Going to a ball game should be the reason you're going out. Going to a ball game should just be something you do on a Friday night. Going to a ball game should be something that you just do on a random Tuesday night. Guess what? We play this game seven days a week. It's always happening. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to just walk up and buy a ticket to a Thursday game, a Wednesday game, a Tuesday game. But sadly, those days are, are getting further and further behind us. Because as you can see on runningthird.net, the ticket price that I've been paying for the seats that I've been sitting in are closer to triple digits than they are single. And you know what happens when newbies come to the game for the first time? They get it. And I mean they get it right away. If you listen to my White Sox episode with my brother-in-law, and now you've listened to this episode with Vicky and Josh, it is incredible to me how quickly everybody picks up on what makes going to a ball game so unbelievably amazing. The chess match, the intellectualness of the game on the field, the connecting with your fellow man, the conversations, the food, the atmosphere, the environment, everything about it. It's, it's amazing. I mean, both, both uh, Shakti, my brother-in-law, and now Vicky and Josh, they're talking like they've been going to games their entire life. They hit the nail completely on the head. They know why the game is amazing. And it only took them one game. That's it. It took them one game to realize how much fun this game could truly be. Lower the ticket prices. More people will come out. Still charge the same for food. Fine. Charge the same for food and drinks and merchandise. Jack those prices up. Give you an $8, $10, $12 beer. You got to make money. I get it. But there should never be empty seats at a baseball game. Let's get some new fans in and let's continue this great sport of ours. The other thing that I wanted to mention, which Vicky uh, brought up, was the hotel at the Rogers Center. This is something that I, I wish, I, I'm actually incredibly disappointed in myself that I did not look into staying a night at the hotel that is located inside the Rogers Center. You can actually see onto the field. If you get a room, if you're lucky enough to get a room in that hotel, you have a field view. You can just sit on your bed, open up the window. You can just, you can sit there and watch the game from your hotel room. How amazing is that? And I was looking up the prices because I figured the reason why I didn't look into it is I figured the prices would be, you know, some astronomical, crazy six, $700 fee. The guy sitting next to me tells me, no, 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 you can get it for, you can get one for 150, 200 bucks, depending on the night. If it's not a high ticket game or there's not a convention in town or, you know, just if it's a regular Wednesday game, you could, you can get one for 150, 200, which believe it or not, is, is about average for a hotel price in Toronto to begin with. If you want to stay in a hotel in downtown Toronto, it's going to cost you two, 300 bucks, and you're not going to get a great view of a baseball field. So to wrap it up, let me just say, Rogers Center, I, I do. I like you quite a bit. I like you more than I thought I was going to like you. The CN Tower being next door is quite spectacular. When the roof opened up, I got to see first the base of the CN Tower, and then to see it all lit up in its majestic glory as the night wore on and, and the darkness came was, was pretty beautiful. You got to get rid of the AstroTurf. You got to put, just put a picture of Joe Carter up somewhere. You don't need to erect a statue. Just let us know that you care at all that you got to win two World Series in the 90s because there's a lot of teams that would love to have a couple of rings. Thank you so much for opening up your roof for me. I am forever grateful for you doing that. The fans that I met there, I'm telling you, I, it was just a nonstop conversation from first pitch to final out. 
I'm getting towards the end of my tour and getting tired and getting my body starting to break down. But I met so many great people who reinvigorated me and reminded me why it is that I'm doing this tour in the first place. And, oh, yeah, I got to watch some pretty great baseball as well. Toronto, you're a lovely city. You've got some great fans. Hopefully you're going to have some great new fans. If we could just update your stadium just a bit, or better yet, maybe move to a new stadium, a baseball-only stadium, one that's got some natural grass, no roof. That might be a long shot. But for now, Toronto, you're doing a pretty good job of representing your country well. That's going to end the international leg of my tour. I get to put my passport away. And I am heading back to the United States of America to watch my final game on my 30-stadium tour across this great land of ours. I cannot believe it's almost over. One more stadium to go. The Boston Red Sox and Fenway Park. But you're going to have to tune in to the next episode to hear all about my time at baseball's oldest stadium. But if you are dying to hear more from me, as always, please go check out roundingthird.net where you can see write-ups and photos of all the stadiums I've been to thus far. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at roundingthirdmj. Shoot me an email, roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe you disagree with me about the Rogers Center. Maybe there's things that I brought up about the Rogers Center that you think I'm dead wrong about. Please tell me. Let me know if, if, if you disagree. I'd love to hear it. I want to thank every single one of you for for downloading and listening to this episode. (laughs) There's one more to go. That's it. One more to go. So I hope you'll join me next time as I continue to round third, heading for home. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.